Hey guys, what up? It's me, and I'm back with a mini soda of my best vintage life. Before I start with today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you um, to the people who have been leaving me reviews and ratings. I got two really sweet, sincere reviews, and I really, really, really appreciate them. And I am seeing um, a difference the more reviews I get, especially versus ratings, but just overall in general I feel like the podcast is just showing up more in searches especially on the Apple Podcasts app and that's just driving people to listen so I really appreciate it Um, and also make sure you subscribe if you like what you hear that way the episodes will get automatically downloaded when they go live and it'll keep you updated I think I mentioned that I was working on a new website. I did switch over to Shopify, so check that out. Um, today is my half birthday. I'm doing a half birthday sale from basically now until midnight, um, 31% off of thirty. if you spend $31 or more. I'm 31 and a half today. And I just think with everything going on in the world, it's just important to celebrate every day, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating your half birthday. So here's to 31 and a half. Uh, check out the website. You can listen to the podcast on the website. You can do some shopping. There's info there um, if you're interested in making a wholesale appointment, which I have had some people reach out. So use the contact form on there basically as your way to communicate with me. Um, That goes directly to my email. So thank you um, for everyone who's reached out through there. Don't forget to check out Instagram and Facebook, uh, obviously for more content. Uh, One of the reviews I got did call out that Uh, following along on Instagram does provide you with more of like an interactive experience and I do agree Um, and you know you don't have to post things on Instagram to have an Instagram account so if you're out there listening and thinking like oh I don't feel like posting pictures I have people follow me that you know their bio will say they're into vintage but they don't have any posts they're just more so in it to follow people than they are to participate themselves so that is an option um, if you don't want to like you know worry about making your own feed you can follow along with other people Uh, my obsession at the moment this week is my new laptop if you saw uh, my instagram like story post um over the weekend time just goes by so fast and i didn't realize that my laptop uh, my old macbook pro was eight years old Um, and honestly i think that says a lot about how long their products last even though they are a lot of money if you break it down by what you're spending per year i mean it it comes out to really nothing so i got a macbook air Um, it's beautiful and light that was the big thing for me i wanted something that i could bring to work um, so that i don't feel anchored to my desk all the time because I am usually up and mobile at work, and it would be nice to take my laptop around with me as we do have some Wi-Fi up in the actual warehouse floor. So that's my obsession at the moment. I highly recommend um, any of the Mac products if you need a new computer. I don't really know much about other brands of laptops these days. I had a Lenovo when I was working at Urban Outfitters. That's really the last time I used something that wasn't a Mac um, laptop. So anyways, that's my obsession. I'm glad to have it, feel blessed to have it and lucky to have it. Um, and it's going to make my life a lot easier. And, um, if you're looking to maybe do some exfoliation, spring is here. Well, not here, but it's coming. Um, you're going to be needing some new sunscreen. Maybe you want to soak in those last few hot hot winter baths check out full lane use my full lane code ref underscore basic bougie bridget uh, for 15 percent off your purchase and basic bougie bridget is my personal instagram name 
um, in case you need a reference on how to spell it, just go on Instagram. You can find me and follow me if you'd like as well. So let's get into today's episode. I am continuing the alphabet series of you know lesser known um, fashion designers and or just fashion figures in general. Um, letter A was Azadine Alaya. That was a good one. And I did uh, Ebenezer Butterick for letter B. I'm going by last name alphabetically, not first. So letter C is something I'm super excited about because it's one of my favorite designers of all time, Andre Courage. So forgive me, I don't speak fluent French. You guys know I was a Spanish major in college. I minored in Italian. So my French isn't that great. But I do always look up designer pronunciations if I'm not 100% sure or like perfect on it. So that's the best I can do. Um, There is a guy on YouTube that does fashion designer pronunciations. Pretty much every designer out there I've been able to find. So if I ever need a refresher or I'm not sure, I go there just so I don't sound like an idiot. (laughs) So Andre was born uh, in 1923 in France in the uh, Pyrenees region, the Basque region. Um, And he studied engineering, uh, which was mostly something that was a wish of his father. I believe I read that his father was a butler. And I think, you know, he just wanted his son to have a career and I feel like engineering is typically looked upon as a very white collar profession a profession where you know it can be lucrative and you can make a lot of money um, so he studied engineering and then um, he was also a pilot during World War II for the French Air Force which I thought was cool and probably provided him with some unique experiences um, and then after all of that, he studied fashion fashion and textile design, which I'm sure was probably um, looked upon not well by his father. Who knows? They didn't really, and all the research I've done, nobody really went into that much detail, but uh, it was kind of going against the grain as to what his dad wanted him to do. And he really, um, he did work for one designer first. It wasn't anybody that I recognized, um, but the, the biggie, the big one that he worked for was... Um, uh, you know, the house of Balenciaga. He was there for 10 years. So he really cut his teeth there. And I think learned a lot about cutting and pattern making. Um, obviously, I love Balenciaga. I'm sure quite a few of you do as well. So I think that was probably a really um, great place for him to learn and, and start, you know, coming up with his own ideas of how he wanted to stand alone as a designer. So eventually that did happen. In 1961, he started his own design house. Um, And I I guess like if I could pick one word to describe his designs for that time, at least, it was very modern. It wasn't like anything anybody else was doing. Um, One of the first things that really stood out in his looks, not just necessarily his designs, but he was pairing all of his designs with low-heeled white ankle boots, which basically evolved into what you and I know as the go-go boot. Um... So that very kind of like mod, um, twiggy, you know, like French yeah-yeah pop, those kind of little ankle boots um, with that tiny little heel, like a chunky heel. So then in 1964, um, he released a collection that really was kind of like, they called it the year, the year of courage. Um, that year because he just kind of exploded everyone's minds um, with his runway looks. He basically 
invented, well, we'll get into this more, but he came out with his version of the miniskirt, and that just really changed the fashion game in general. And then um, a lot of the other looks on the runway show that year, you know, they had cut out midriffs and cut out backs, and the models were wearing goggles and helmets. So it really became known as like the Space Age collection, which I think is interesting because we're leading up to modern man's exploration in space you know we had our own lunar landing with the united states um going to the moon in 1969 Um, and i'm sure if any of you have been watching season three of the crown you saw that they highlighted that as well so it was really kind of a time of um change in terms of man and where we were going in in our um you know exploration outside of this earth and i think that he was probably feeling that change and um, kind of wanted to show it in his in his designs. So going back to the miniskirt thing, it's always kind of been a battle between um, Andre Courage and and Mary Quant um, from the UK, mostly because she was kind of saying, "Well, listen, I invented the miniskirt," and he said, "No, I invented the miniskirt." Um, so he was kind of raising the hemlines in his skirts. Like the initial skirt he released wasn't super short. So he was raising his hemlines. And it was at the same time that she was, you know, mass producing mini skirts. But, you know, his argument was, well, I've been doing this since the early 60s. So I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me um, who invented it. Obviously, it's become a very important silhouette in the history of fashion. And people still wear them today. I think that um, his were done more on a high couture level where hers were done on a more lower level, affordable scale for people. Um, I'm sure there were people buying mini skirts from her that probably had never even heard of him or could afford his clothes because his clothes were a lot more expensive. So either way, thank you to both of them for contributing (laughs) to the mini skirt. I love me a good skirt. I wish I had some more in my wardrobe um, because I just think they're they're adorable. Um, Something to note that he really loved using plastics and vinyl um, materials that nobody else in the couture world was using at that time. And it was a lot of white with metallic, but occasional pops of color. So when you look up his designs, you're going to see a lot of white, which, you know, it's shocking for me that I like him so much because like, I'm not really into um, like white stuff. I don't wear a lot of white clothes. Um, mostly because I'm very accident prone and messy. So I find it interesting that I like like his designs so much, but I just think they were so off kilter for that time and definitely left their mark in fashion history. And I think this is super sweet. In 1967, he married his design assistant and they were a husband and wife um, team for life. So they stayed together the entire time and worked together. And I just, I think that's adorable. And um probably helped with their level of success that he had kind of like his his rock there with him and I'm sure at the same time they probably argued and bickered a lot um, as husband and wife duos do that work together I've known a few people who who do that and it presents its own challenges but I think at the end of the day it's it's probably really lovely to spend the entire day with the person that you love um, and I think maybe that's how you would know it's 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 true love it's meant to be when you can tolerate them for that long amount of time every day, day in and day out. And we know a fashion designer's life is not a nine to five. So 
um, let's see, so that was 67. In 1968, he sold a share to L'Oreal um, to finance expansion of the business. So he needed some sort of financial backing to expand. And then by 1972, he had 125 boutiques worldwide. I don't really know much about the locations of those. I'd be interested to see if I could find out where they were in the United States. I would imagine there was one in New York, um, but I don't I don't really know for for how specific his designs were. Um, I think that's a pretty decent amount of stores to have. And then in 1973, he he brought out um, menswear. I don't know much about the success level of that. I feel like whenever you see imagery of his designs, it's almost always uh, women's wear. So that would also be something cool to research on your own, or I'll do some research on my own and see what I can find there. And then in 2011, before, so basically between the 70s and then the 2000s, um, there were some like selling off of other shares. But in 2011, they sold the brand for good to two um, French investors. And then in September 2015, they had the new Courage um, showing uh, two young French designers kind of took over. And, um, you know, I remember the collection. I didn't think it was anything like crazy special, but I definitely think it it definitely had that um, vibe of what things were in the 60s. Um, and I think there's there's a really cool article I saw. Um, the New York Times Style magazine kind of went with the two designers to the original, um, like basically headquarters of Courage, which still exists in France. And they they did a tour with all of the seamstresses and the design teams. So you can find that online. I thought it was really cool to see. Um, the building itself is is pretty awesome. And I would love to go to France just to see that. I think that would be such a cool place to tour. I saw they had like some photography on the walls of, you know, the old collections. And then they have the vintage archive there, which that in and of itself would be amazing to see. Just so you know, his items, like his true vintage items, whether it be like Etsy, eBay, First Dibs, um, they sell for a lot of money just because they're not, they weren't, I don't think, as mass produced. Um as a lot of other designers. So definitely valuable pieces there. I'm sure, you know, obviously the the condition of them raising the value level even more. So if it's in good condition, you're going to look at a lot of money if you want to buy a true uh, courage piece. So I one thing that I really liked about him is he really believed in fashion's liberation for women. And I'm going to read a quote now by him. He said, a woman's body must be hard and free, not soft and harnessed. So in a lot of the collections where he had cutouts, like tummy cutouts or back cutouts, the models weren't even wearing bras. Um, And I think for that time, like they didn't have any sort of support or undergarments on. That was something really new and and unique. Um, So he, he really wanted the woman to feel free while you know still feeling sexy but you're not bound by a girdle or a bra or anything like that Um, and unfortunately the last 30 years of his life he suffered from parkinson's disease which obviously is a terrible disease for anyone but for someone who's in a, a position of being a designer i'm sure there's definitely you know a time when he just he had to stop completely um 
And, you know, that's it's very sad to think about. I hate thinking about anybody having that disease, but I'm sure for him it was especially difficult. And uh, he did pass away on January 7th, 2016, so just a little over four years ago. Um, but I think it's important to note that despite, you know, suffering from Parkinson's, he did have a very long life and achieved a lot of accomplishments in the fashion world. You know, that space age modern collection, I think, will probably always be looked upon as one of the greatest of all time in terms of its appeal and longevity and the ability it had to change the way things were happening in in the couture world, in fashion in general. Um, Because a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say ripped off his designs, but lower level businesses that, you know, had a reach with people that didn't have the money to afford his designs, just kind of like how corporations do it today. They were taking designs, his designs, and, you know, making it into a more affordable one. So, I think that definitely speaks when people start copying you that speaks um, to your your unique ideas and you know just your overall appreciation by the public in general. So that's pretty much all I have on Andre Courage. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be posting some pictures to go along with it. Um, if you have any questions in the meantime, reach out to me. Best way to do it is through the contact form on the website, um, where you can also sign up for, um, the new newsletter that I'm going to be sending out. So there is a, um, a box where you put your email and it'll just sign you up and then you'll be getting even more my best vintage life. Who knows what's going to be in there? I'm working with my marketing partner, Leanne. Um, she's got some really cool ideas and she's getting things set up for me. So, Like I said, social media is a great way to get even more out of the podcast, and then we'll be doing the newsletter. And also, there's a blog that I started on the website. It's crazy. It's crazy town over here. I don't know how I'm going to do it all, but realistically, like getting nice messages from you guys. um, I got a nice message from uh, a listener named Megan last night, you know, just kind of giving me some ideas for episodes, things she wants to hear. Um, so it's just, you know, when I, when I hear things like that, you guys keep me going, um, and keep me sane. So thank you. (laughs) So in the meantime, guys, stay safe. Don't be basic. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.